Stages of labor, hormones of birth, and timing contractions are not the most important or effective ways to learn about physiologic birth. And chances are, you've learned some of that, and you still have questions about what to expect from birth. And these questions linger because the sources that are teaching childbirth preparation are only offering facts about labor and birth created to enable the medical system to justify the use of interventions to speed up labor despite the injuries experienced by mothers and the disruptions to the mother-baby bonding. Before birth became a medical procedure that needed these guidelines and metrics, women were shown physiologic birth instead of charts and graphs and tables. Today, we have the benefit of merging traditional physiologic birth knowledge with what is useful from research and evidence And this has been the key to helping my students and clients avoid things like tears and traumatic birth injuries and go on to have fulfilling natural births. If natural birth is calling you, merging traditional physiologic birth with learning modern knowledge may be the answer to your lingering questions. And you can begin the journey of seeing physiologic birth with a free class that will introduce you to the three P's of physiologic birth that help my students and clients avoid tearing in only 15 minutes so you will know why you can trust your body to give birth without injury. After watching this 15-minute video, you will know what physiologic birth really is and why learning the stages of labor, lists of hormones, and cervical dilation rates is just not enough, the most common points in labor where tissue damage tends to occur, and how to use the three Ps of physiology to prevent the causes of tears or episiotomies. And you will learn the difference between being 10 centimeters and being ready to push. After seeing the physiology in this way, one of my students, Sarah, said, simply mind-blowing. Thank you so much for sharing this information. I want to share this with all of the birth professionals that I have ever met, as it is so clear to me now how we have all been missing the big picture. And Cassie said, I took four courses, and yours is the one I walked away with feeling the most empowered. Very specifically, the physiologic birth part where you show the slides of where baby is. Having known what baby does in that dance with the pictures, just let me trust the process so I never felt worried. So if you'd like to learn more about what Sarah and Cassie are talking about, you can get started with this very special and unique physiologic birth training for free at naturalbirthcompass.com forward slash free class. I hope to see you there. Hello, my dear friend. I wanted to connect one more time before the year is out. So today I'm bringing a difficult, maybe even slightly charged topic. I wanted to discuss the question of what happens when birth doesn't go as planned, when things are more challenging than you expect. As a birth worker, one of the comments I hear frequently is about a birth experience that didn't unfold smoothly. Maybe there was a stall in dilation, or the baby had decelerations in their heart rate, or maybe mom and baby experienced dystocia and hard decisions had to be made. And families always want to know what they could have done differently. As the parents in that situation during labor, it's very difficult to know what the next best step is when you're depending on your birth team, knowing all of the choices that could be available. But here's the thing, that's an unrealistic expectation for any caregiver. I wish I could say otherwise, but we all have blind spots. We all have things to continue learning on our journey. So answering the question, what you could have done differently is always difficult. But that's what we're going to explore together today on the Unschooled Home Birth Podcast. Welcome to the Unschooled Home Birth Podcast, where we throw away the conventional birth textbooks and talk all about home birth from philosophy of nature, life, and deep universal truths. I'm Tristan 
the creator of the Natural Birth Compass online childbirth course and Circle Magic for Home Birth. And I'm coming to your ears with perspectives of birth from across time and cultures to help you become more informed and confident in your home birth. So grab your mug, fill it with your favorite tea, and let's get unschooled about home birth. Welcome back to the Unschooled Home Birth Podcast. I'm so delighted to spend this time with you. As I record this, I am sitting with a hot cup of tea, although I don't know how hot it will stay while recording this, but we've been having below freezing temperatures for weeks now here in the Pacific Northwest, so my family has been going through the hot beverages pretty rapidly around here. So if you're listening to this in winter where you are, I hope that you're also finding ways to find comfort in the cold. And on that topic of comfort, I want to spend some time talking about the difficult question of what happens when birth is challenging and things don't go as expected, whether that's a stall in labor, a dystocia, which is a labor that becomes difficult when baby isn't able to maneuver through the pelvis in the way that's expected, a hospital transfer or a really long labor, or any number of unexpected situations that can arise in labor without warning. The question we're often asked as birth workers is, Was there something else we could have done? Was there something else I could have done? And that's a hard question to ask and to answer. It's hard for me to hear families ask because I know that it means that experience is keeping them in the past. And that can keep someone from really getting into the flow of life to the fullest extent possible, from really getting into the flow of parenting. While we all need time to process after a loss and a complicated birth, or even a birth that wasn't complicated, but for some reason it didn't meet the expectations of the mother, this is a loss. And while we all need time to process, and part of that processing might be asking all of the what-if questions, whether those what-if questions are helpful or not, but at some point, the questions have to stop so the family can move forward. So when I'm asked this question by families preparing for a second or third or fourth birth, I know that there probably were many other things that could have been done, like movement and changing positions, eating and drinking for energy, a hot bath, a nap, a walk, maybe inversions or pelvic floor releases. Of course, the answer is highly variable and often multifactorial depending on the situation. And if I wasn't there, I have to assume there's probably information that I don't have to fully answer that question. But the thing is, it's not even really the right question to be asking in the first place. The real question we should be asking is, are parents being prepared to the best level possible during their pregnancy, or are they overly reliant on their birth team? Because far too often, families are unknowingly placing the expectations of keeping birth safe, and being the support team for mom, and being the support team for dad, and shouldering the responsibility of a positive outcome on the midwife or the OB. And this is not a formula for a successful outcome for anyone, even if the birth is uncomplicated, because bearing all this responsibility means the caregiver has to err on the conservative side, which means families are simply more likely to experience unnecessary interventions to prevent a complication that may not even happen, rather than mitigate one that arises after the fact. Now, at this point, we have two other complicated discussions, so stick with me here and I'm going to tease this out a little bit further. First, I want to address this birth culture we find ourselves in, because I know it can feel a bit like I'm blaming families for putting all this responsibility on midwives. 
but it's not a fault of families or of birth workers. I would say it's more a product of the system that we find ourselves in today, one that is seeking a level of accountability, of safety, while also trying to hold on to the traditions of midwifery as we once knew it. Right now, as is often the case, we're in a place of working with what we can to have the best of both worlds. But that never actually works for most people in the end. But this is where we find ourselves in order to keep home birth with midwives legal in as many places as possible for right now. Now, whether having a legalization status around midwifery-attended home birth is the best answer or not is a topic for another day. What I can offer to this situation is a different approach for families, where they can have the opportunity for education in a way that means they feel confident taking the responsibility for their birth experience. And that frees their midwife to be there for the role she was intended to have. That of the wise woman who can sit back and quietly attune into the flow state of the laboring mom with confidence in the family that she's attending, confident in their preparation, confident in their intuition, in the instincts of mother and her birth partner as they bring in their baby into the world together. This way, the family gets to be witnessed by a wise woman in the way an officiate witnesses the vows of a wife and husband on the day of marriage. Not judging or making decisions on whether or not this marriage should take place, but being there to witness, being there to bless the moment of this union. This is the kind of birth experience we could create today, starting right now, for families and birth attendants who are ready for this kind of birth experience where the postpartum leaves parents with fewer, if any, what-ifs, where families feel in control of their birth experience, where following their intuition and instincts in their birth experience is so empowering, it fills them with trust in their parenting skills, which leaves so much more room for love and bonding when you don't have to deal with so much doubt and worry. But this takes work in our current society, in our current birth system where at one time, young girls would have watched and even participated in their mothers and sisters and aunties giving birth. This is rare today. And the stories that women are told are more often negative and fearful than they are inspiring, where women are infused with all kinds of worries about their pregnancy or their baby, where the focus of the prenatal care is on what might go wrong, rather than celebrating the miracle that is pregnancy every day. And really, That might be the key right there. If we spent pregnancy celebrating the awesomeness of nature, women might have a much more enjoyable pregnancy and easily find their intuition and instinct. Instead, for now, we're largely in a world that's separated itself from nature, and we don't trust that which we are separate from. And that mistrust means we try to control every aspect of pregnancy and birth with exams and lab tests. But by now... It should be clear to us that routine exams and lab tests, they don't make pregnancy and birth safer. It doesn't give us more control, but it can give us the illusion of control. We find control when we choose to take control of our circumstances and our life and our pregnancy and our birth. When we choose how we live for a healthier pregnancy and birth. When we choose to find out what health really means, because it's much more than the absence of red flags on your lab work. Which then brings me back to every day of pregnancy being a day worth celebrating the miracle of nature and who we are and the connection we have with nature. If we choose to reconnect and reharmonize with our true human nature, 
with our true selves. Now, after all of that, let's consider the second complication that arises from this discussion, and that is this idea of prevention versus mitigation. Of course, we want to prevent problems. We want to prevent complications and unnecessary risks. And prevention is much easier than mitigation. But there's a line beyond which the pursuit for prevention becomes the very thing that leads to unnecessary intervention and even complications. While prevention very much has a place in health and in life and in pregnancy and birth, being too focused on prevention is also being too focused on the future. And really, as I see it, the best prevention comes from being more present in the moment, more attuned to your well-being and your baby's well-being, more attuned to the harmonization with nature's cycles. When we are present in the moment, we are more sensitive to imbalances, and then we can correct the imbalances while they are small, rather than missing the signs for a month or more until the next routine exam or lab test gets a red flag. This would be like recognizing the signs of dehydration when you're thirsty, rather than getting so dehydrated that you have a pounding headache, and now you can't think about why you have this headache because your headache's so bad you haven't realized that you've forgotten to drink water all day. If instead, you're consciously aware of your body signs for hydration, you naturally grab a glass of water when you notice the thirst. I know this is a simple example, but it's not actually so different from more serious conditions like preeclampsia or even preterm labor. But here again, we have this problem that our healthcare has been taken from us, taken right out of our hands. So it's common for people to feel that they need someone else to oversee their health for them, someone else to tell them their health status. Instead, I'm working toward advocating for a system where healthcare is not overseen by a provider, but is instead an opportunity for education and counsel for those seeking healthcare from those who have education and experience. I think midwives are probably the closest that we have to this model, but our system makes it very confining for our midwives to offer true freedom of choice in most places. With the rumble happening today in our birth culture, it's clear that our heart-centered birth workers out there in the world are not giving up in working to improve the birth culture for families. I see you and I applaud you and thank you. But back to our question, was there something else we could have done for a better outcome? Most of the time, the simple answer is yes, there probably was. And the limitation at the time was the willingness of our birth culture to share the truth with families to help them see that they have so much more control over their pregnancy and birth than they know, and they have so much more intuitive knowing about their pregnancy and birth than anyone has ever told them. It's only very rare cases where somebody else knows something more about you than you do. And the more a family chooses to take into their own control, the more responsibility they're willing to accept over their birth and birth outcome, The more they are open to following the cycles of nature that are a part of birth, the more they trust themselves and birth by being empowered with the right information, not simply physiology, but the whole nature of birth and the human nature connection. The more they're able to live in the moment, rather than regretting the past or worrying about the future, the more they can surrender into the natural flow of birth for a better and more fulfilling outcome. This is what empowered birth really is, and this could be the future of birth. Now, this will continue to be a hard question to answer for those on the ancient path of birth, because there is usually a better way, but currently few people can see it. 
But then again, after all this, sometimes we're intended to take the long path to learn our lessons and experience the growth we needed in a different way. And since you're here listening to the end of this podcast, may that not be your path through your birth. May you never have to ask the question, was there something else I could have done? If you are ready to experience a different path, a different approach to birth, you might love the Natural Birth Compass prenatal wellness program, where we go into all these areas and more, so families have the tools to take control of their health and wellness during pregnancy and on every step of the way through birth and into parenthood. You can find all the details at naturalbirthcompass.com forward slash prenatal wellness. Thank you so much for joining me today in this important discussion. I hope this has inspired some new perspectives on pregnancy and birth and will continue to help you on your path to find your own answers. Until next time, wishing you a wonderful journey to your home birth. Thank you for listening and being open to new perspectives as we spend this time together. As always, let me know how I can support your home birth. If you have topics you want to hear about, guests you want to hear from, questions or comments to share, let me know. This podcast is always transforming, and you can help shape it into something that helps thousands of families have the best pregnancy, birth, and transition into parenthood possible by leaving a comment or a review or sharing this podcast with others in your life who will benefit from our discussions. Find me on the socials at Natural Birth Compass or email me at info at naturalbirthcompass.com. And don't forget to subscribe to this podcast so you don't miss out on our next episode. Wishing you a wonderful journey to home birth.